0: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. We are a group of converts from Singapore focused on sharing convert experiences and lessons to benefit both born Muslims and converts alike. If you have anyone in your life trying to find their path back in Islam, do share our podcast with them and have a discussion about the stories told by our fellow brothers and sisters. Do follow us on Spotify and send your feedback via our Instagram page at Convert Central. Assalamu'alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to a new episode of Convert Central. So, today I'm again joined by my co-host, Mira.
1: Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. And today's guest speaker is Brother Shakir.
0: Alhamdulillah. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikumsalam. So, uh, Brother Shakir actually is a very good friend of ours, again. Uh, I've known him since last year and uh, he's been a very, very active volunteer at Darakam. So, almost any event you, you, you're you you at when you're at Darah Akam, you will most likely see Brother Shakir there. So, uh... He's actually a very, very dear brother of mine that uh, when I have any uh, religious matters that I will, le- I will I need some advice on, he will be one of the people that I will go to consult. So, uh, that's why we got him here on the, sh- on the show so that he could share his stories and uh, perhaps his lesson learned with all of you guys. So, without further ado, uh, I-, I want to hand the time over to Brother Shakir to uh, tell you about his convert story.
2: Assalamualaikum. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Brother Siddiq, for giving me this opportunity being kind enough to you know invite me for this and also to see Mira. So uh first of all, uh you guys are really doing a wonderful job. So I really need to thank y'all for this good work and appreciate y'all for you know coming forward to do this for the benefit of the converts. Alhamdulillah. So thank you guys. Yeah, okay. Um regarding my conversion story, right? <laughs> okay, uh my story like it like dates back a decade so uh it all started before prior 2010 actually so um during my late teen um yeah i was uh, i was from another faith like as you know uh and i was quite a staunch believer in that faith uh yeah i was really like uh into uh spirituality and stuff and to the point that i will visit the temple like twice a day so yeah it, it was that um much of involvement i had with that religion back then and then um at the same time uh on the other hand um, my perspective on islam was totally negative totally negative that i only like grew hatred towards islam and um and wherever information i'm getting about islam is always negative and unfortunately uh unfortunately these informations were like coming from my close circle therefore uh I grew up actually uh, being fed with wrong information on Islam. And then, um, and at the same time, I had a lot of interest on in theology. So I would frequent myself to the library to actually read up about uh, the main religions uh, in the world. And um, it took me about a like, few months to learn about each religion. And then um, there came one fine day whereby I only had uh, Islam left with. So um, in fact, I, I, I didn't, I was actually pushing Islam, no learning Islam and understanding Islam for quite a bit because um, from understanding what, what I, I have nothing interesting to learn about something negative, you see. So I've always been like, you no know, pushing Islam away. Uh, then there came a day whereby I really had no other options and okay, I told myself, you know what, I'm gonna read about Islam and my intention is to pick fault and make a mockery out of this faith. So that's how it actually started. And alhamdulillah, uh, it, in fact, I would rather say that uh, Allah actually invited me to his religion with hatred, actually. I mean, it may sound very like bombastic, but then uh, Allah has his own ways to invite his uh, believers to his faith. So uh, for me, the path which he created was actually hatred towards Islam, which actually made me walk towards Islam. So um, each time I read about Islam. My questions are actually mainly to mock. So, uh, I'll be like, my questions would be like, uh, why Muslims are worshipping to invisible being, you know? Uh, because coming from my faith, I, I can see my thoughts you know. But then in Islam, it's totally opposite. You know, you can't see it So, like, I, and uh, why, why are they like facing this particular direction? And uh, and I was thinking that the Kaaba was a simple.
0: <laughs> I thought it was the world's biggest film for the so <laughs> for the I yeah. And
2: then I was like, why are they worshipping to a songkok and why are they wearing it on their head? So so I had questions on that. So I had a lot of silly questions, and uh, it took me about like like close to a year to actually read read about Islam. And alhamdulillah, and I noticed that all the perspective which I had on Islam was totally totally different from what I actually read you know it's like reading researching on yourself and then listening from other people is like two different two different uh stories there actually so and then my interest on islam started growing and i i go to the library every day i started like growing books uh, i will start reading i'm not a book person actually i'm not a book person i i can take like up to like you know one small book i can take about one, uh, one month or two months to finish it but then Back then, I was like frequenting myself to learn about Islam, no going books, reading, would, no page page cover to cover. And then there came a point where I literally felt that, what are you waiting for? You already got all your answers. And then that's when I decided, okay, inshallah, you know, Islam is the truth, and I'm going to be a Muslim. So, uh, so once I, I get this uh, feeling, the first person whom I went to tell was my mom. So um, my mom was uh, actually quite upset. But Alhamdulillah, till today, she is my most strongest supporting pillar, I would say. Despite she's having her own faith, she actually supports me till today uh and i tell you without her i think things would have been even more difficult for me so i really appreciate her for that and um, my presence of becoming a muslim was not uh, overnight thing as well it took me uh i started practicing islam first because i was quite uh very conscious actually i didn't tell i didn't even tell my close friends that i'm actually you know uh, starting to practice islam because i just don't want them to give me this special attention because i'm not i'm not believing in islam because i want this sort of special attention you see? so i kept it very low-key uh, you know i started reading or uh, i started practicing uh I, yeah so uh then uh that came a point where i really wanted to learn from a professional so i was searching you know where can i go and learn about Islam? and then i yeah, one fine day i got to know that there's this place called darul Arkham which exists where they teach about Islam. So, and I'm a person who don't really try new things, I'm quite afraid to you know, explore new things. And I don't know how I got my courage, but I just signed up for my BCI. So, yeah, then the rest was history. Alhamdulillah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, I just wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you had a negative perception towards Islam, right? Uh Yes. Why, why do you think, like, what, what was the source of the negative perception?
2: Um, Okay, Um, one main thing was the media. So, the uh, so media was part of it. And at the same time, there was a lot of comparison going between Islam and my previous faith. So, from there, there was a lot of uh, negative uh, information which was actually fed to me. And, uh, yeah, so I was quite blind then to actually thinking that, uh, you know, those information which was given to me was actually the fact.
0: So, yeah. So, when, when you went to search up, like, uh, Islamic resources, right, uh, what, what, which part of those resources really, like, appealed to you uh, and, like, got you to change your perception of it?
2: Uh, to be honest, I can't recall. Because, like said, uh, in the beginning, it just happened on a decade. Uh, I mean, ten years ago, a decade ago. So, I I can't really recall what other sources which I went to, but um, but it was definitely um, eye opening books which I actually uh, read. Uh, it wasn't those. I I can seriously say that it wasn't those which was you know, calling me to you know uh extreme part of Islam. I think that's all. So, everything was, uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah has like, uh, given me the chance to read all the books which actually gave me the logical prelims uh, behind Islamic uh, beliefs. So, I'm a, I'm a person who believes in lots of logic. So, that thing attracted me more to Islam.
0: Alhamdulillah. So, I, I definitely agree with uh, everything you say, you know. Something that really drives uh, people towards Islam is really how much it makes sense with regards to the same uh, issues that is faced by many different, uh, faiths around the world. So, uh, Islam actually really approaches this in a very holistic sense where, you know, sometimes you read an answer from, from, uh, from about a particular issue from an Islamic perspective, right? You might not even need to find out, like, additional proof about it because it just makes sense, so much sense to you as a person, you know? So, I, I think that that is really one of the beauties of Islam, la. So, actually, concluding on this, like, uh, current issue of negative perception towards Islam, right? I think from 2010 to 2020, right, like right now, right, do you think like there's an increased negative perception towards Islam or do you think like from then till now it has decreased?
2: Uh, To be honest, I will say that it is reducing. Because uh, people are getting getting more wise these days whereby you have alternative resources to actually seek rather than the media. I'm not saying the media is always portraying something negative about Islam. But at the same time, you know, we, we have these uh, platforms where we can actually go to see whether it is uh, authentic enough to actually you know, believe that source. So uh, people well, are actually putting that effort to actually understand if such uh, negative information about Islam is true or not. And so, for that case, I would say it's actually decreasing. But, alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. So, yeah, I, actually, I, I think I, I would agree on that as well, because nowadays, like, we, given the, the the resources that we have on hand, right, many people, especially, uh, including non-Muslims, they, they see something online and they actually take the effort to counter-check it to make sure if it's true or not. Especially, actually, this rise of the phenomenon of having fake news is actually pretty beneficial to, to the Islamic community, I realize. Because, actually, I realized just now, actually, like 30 seconds ago, because now people Realize that not just like Islamic content we see online cannot be trusted, but actually, because everything online we see, we see, everything we see online cannot be trusted, we have to, you know, search out whether it's, if something is true or not. So, like previously, if someone sees like, uh, possibly an ayat that says, uh, uh, you're, you're allowed to, 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 you know, uh, physically hit your wives, then they might take it out of context and, oh, okay, like, I don't need to search out anymore. See, this is in the Quran, right? Then, uh, Islam is a very violent religion. But now they like, actually, uh, because, like, they have the kind of, uh, uh, hesitation now to, to take it as rather fake or, or real news. They actually went and searched it up. So they search the ayat. Then, with the ayat that comes on Google, right, then a lot of explanations saying that actually it, it, you have to take it into an entire context of the ayat. It's actually a progression of things, and, and subsequently, right after the ayat that says you can hit your wife, right? Allah says, but if they obey you, then you have no right to hit them. So it's actually under a lot of conditions and contexts where people, you know, nowadays they, they are given, they, they have the kind of, uh, mindset to search up uh, and to counter check on the things that are uh, uh, you know uh, that, that people are trying to negatively portray about Islam so definitely agree on that and and i think it's a it's a kind of a hidden blessing uh, that i just realized so uh, i think that uh, sorry so towards the next question I, I just wanted to ask like how important was your mother's support to you uh, as your, uh, in your journey as a convert
2: yeah uh... Okay. Uh, before that, I will uh have to touch on the first question which was regarding uh the sources from the internet. Okay. Uh, the other alternative we have is also uh, Muslim organisations where they can actually come down to actually uh, find out about Islam not only uh because not everything in the internet can be hundred percent true. Uh, like you said, the the ayat can be actually been now uh, interpreted wrongly. So at the same time, they they have given this uh. Alternative uh, face-to-face meetup sessions whereby people can come down to organisations to learn about Islam directly, rather than you know, believing whatever the internet actually is saying. They can be good and bad. So to be more, uh, to be more careful or to be more authentic, people can like come down to the organisation themselves and you know, find out about it. So, uh, so yeah.
0: So the second question would be how how important was your mother's support to you uh, as uh, you no know, through your journey as a convert.
2: Okay, uh, I would say it was very, very, very important to me. Uh, even till today, I would say, because uh, I'm living with my mom alone. My siblings are already married off. Uh, and so to have a very supportive uh, family member is one of the very uh, good blessings, I would say, I know that uh, a lot of brothers and sisters who are converts, they might not be having these blessings. Uh, but then, uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah gave my mom as a good blessing for me. because. Um, she she was there for me, like uh to because uh um, my my brother and my sisters were not really in favor of me. Back then were not in favor of me, you know, practicing Islam or learning about Islam. So my mom was there to you know always uh you know uh let's say protect me because I I started only eating halal food and when I'm with my siblings, uh they like to go to non-halal places. So that's when my mom would like step in to say, uh, you know, uh, why not we go to another place? You know, why not we go to this only uh, food restaurant, or why not we go to this halal place? So my mom will be like helping me taking the bullet. So I think, uh, regardless whether it's your mom or anyone, even even your friend, if if there's a supportive person there, then I tell you, alhamdulillah, is a blessing. So yeah but but uh, of course of course uh, i wouldn't say that it's a massive uh, blessings because i knew personally i have known brothers and sisters who have no one to actually uh protect them or no one there to support them on this but trust me for those people they are protectors their protector is allah mm-hmm. so so yeah who can be the better protector who can be the best protector than allah himself so yeah so in fact i i should be actually like feeling envy on them. But so 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 yeah, so never, never, never should they feel that you know, they are alone, there's no supporters for them. Someone is always there for them and that is all created.
0: Alhamdulillah. Last last week I think last uh podcast we mentioned uh when we were with uh, Brother Ali, uh that when someone is most alone then Allah is his friend. Especially at night when you're praying in solitude. Then Allah comes down from the first heaven to the seven heavens, and that is when you really feel His presence. So, and today, yes, yes. today you say that when no, when 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 you think that you have no help, Allah's help is the greatest. So it's really amazing, definitely. Ah, yeah. Be- because
2: when the moment when you when you believe that Allah is the only one, I tell you that's that's the moment He like holds your hand tight. You know, He He won't let you go until you want to let Him go. You know, so yeah. Mm. That's so why even in the Quran, you say, whoever believes in Allah, you know, the end. So, yeah.
1: Thank you for your sharing. Um, what, what about challenges that you faced? Um, trying to find, really, were there any challenges that you faced throughout your um, Muslim journey?
2: Uh, I did face challenges, but uh, those were quite minute. Um, nothing drastic. Uh, so, uh, food was a challenge to me was uh, in fact i would rather say food was the biggest challenge for me because i'm uh, foodie actually I, I i'm a person who likes to eat a lot of new things and mm-hmm. and then suddenly like, restricting my diet to just one particular set of food was quite uh, it was quite unusual for me actually but then alhamdulillah i i it, it, it's a transition which happens slowly and yeah and food was the only, I would rather say, food was the only uh, challenges which I had. Other than that, um, I can't remember of having any major challenges. uh, Or maybe, uh, solar. Solar will be the second one. Mm. Because I tend to forget every verse and I tend to forget the steps. So it, it was quite challenging for close to two months for me, two to three months. But mashallah, after that, you know, practice makes perfect right so alhamdulillah Mm -hmm. so gradually yeah it also went okay and um, i think these are the two main areas which i faced the challenges and of course my family was a big challenge because i kept it uh in fact uh, i converted in 2011 and i only like broke the news to my my whole family like two years ago 2018 before i went for my uh, umrah so uh, yeah so uh, i only like uh, build my courage two years ago to actually break the news and and my brother was uh in fact um was ready to cut ties with me when he knew that i was actually uh practicing islam so uh in fact my brother was a, a very very supportive person in my life prior to islam i would say uh because uh he'll be there to you know support me for any he'd be the first person to actually support me and uh and in fact i thought that when i decided to convert to islam or rather i started believing in islam i wanted to go to my brother first so somehow i went to my mom because if i had went to my brother back then i think situation would have been very ugly and yeah Mm. so uh so that's when my mom was actually trying to like keep the the entire Situation uh, secret uh, from my siblings. And uh, yeah, and then alhamdulillah, slowly after like a few years, which was like 2011, and then 2018, seven years later, I wrote the news to them. I tell you, if I told them that earlier, they would have stood against my idea. But you know, slowly over the years, mm-hmm. they saw the progression, the changes, and how persistent I was in learning Islam and then they understood you know okay this guy for these managers is you know, inconsistent and he's focusing on that faith which means you know he must be sincere i mean regardless whether it's it, it, it faith or anything when a person is like focusing on the matter for a few years you know that this person is sincere. so they will whoever was against that idea will start supporting that idea in a, in a psychological aspect yeah and um, oh yeah and talking about emily is like opening a kind of room so there's other issues whereby I used to I used to club a lot. I used to do uh clubs uh every uh every uh weekend or rather say twice a month kind of thing with my uh cousins. My cousins. So uh so once I started learning about Islam, uh, each time I would go to the club, I will feel very, very guilty. I would feel extremely guilty. And uh so there came a point where I told them that, okay, you know what, I um, will club, but then I won't drink. So I, I went clubbing and I stopped drinking. So my cousins were like asking me, you know, how come you're not drinking nowadays? I, I told them, you know, I do not feel like drinking. And I just want to drink I drink. And, and then um, one month later, I told them that uh, um, I wouldn't be uh, dancing. I'll just come to the club, but then I won't be dancing. Then they asked me, what's the point of you coming to the club then? <laughs> then uh, that's when they also got to know that I'm actually reading about Islam. So they thought that mm-hmm. Islam was actually bringing me away from it. So they, they diverted their, their negativity towards Islam because of me. But my intention was to like, keep myself away from all this, but they thought that you know, okay, Islam is teaching him to you know, uh, uh, move away from family gatherings and move away from this kind of uh, uh, social gatherings with family members. So they didn't understand what, what I was actually going through back then. But uh, Alhamdulillah, I wouldn't blame them for that because uh, if, they, if they had the same knowledge which I had back then, then maybe they would have understood uh, what I was going through. So, uh, and then slowly, I stopped going to the club. And then they used to mock me. They say, are you trying to become an angel? No, oh, how come you're not clubbing this thing? No, oh, why you're not with us? Oh, why you don't want to like, spend time with us? So I have to like... Uh, like uh, I need to tell them, no way, no, there's alternative ways where we can actually spend time, not that we have to go tough. And then, uh, yeah, initially they were not really happy that I'm well, not following them to these uh, places. But then now, mm-hmm. alhamdulillah, they, they know that where I'm standing and where I'm coming from, they actually respect me for what I'm believing in. So, mashallah. So, uh, yeah, these, these three areas are my challenges which I face.
0: Actually, it's, it's, it's quite. Uh, quite interesting. Uh, for me, food was a major issue also, uh, Cause, uh, I'm not sure if you have eaten bakwa before. Bakwa is pretty delicious, but uh, as as a- uh Cindy, can I tell you something? Yes, pork
2: was my number one favorite dish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, anything anything related to pork is is my favorite. <laughs> so, so Subhanallah, I can't believe he, 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 if you like show me pork now, I'd like.
0: Well, that, like, eating this, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean they're, they're pretty good dishes, right? I mean especially when it comes to Chinese New Year for myself, right? Then when they when they roast the uh, the bakwa, right, and the smell fills up mm-hmm. the room, right? And I feel like eating again. But uh, I I yeah. think I think it's it's it's, it's yeah it's such a big challenge really even I'm sure even for you right now so sometimes when you smell the aroma again it's still a, a challenge for you to for you to you know face but I, I feel like for both of us right now like when we feel these like moments right I think we're quite appreciative also of it because just like how our fast reminds us of Allah right like when we like see things like that that we, like, we enjoyed so much in the past and then now we see again we know the reason why we don't want to eat it anymore uh, it becomes as if like we are eating okay we, we, are, minding, okay, we are not gonna eat this because uh, of, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's like, it's like it's like taqwa you know so that that is something interesting uh, that we both that we both uh, have talking
2: okay, about uh, bakwa I remember that uh, there was once my brother actually bought one kg of bakwa and put it on the table for me to eat and I was already like started practicing in Islam and he didn't know that. I was like, Subhanallah, what am I going to do? Because he knows that I'm a person who loves bakwa. And he knows that I can just eat it just like that. And I, I tell you, I was like, Oh my God, I was like, Subhanallah. It was a very, very tense moment. And Alhamdulillah, my brother in law came in as a, as, a, as, a, as a. So he just came, he sat down, he started opening the place, and he started eating. I acted like as if I didn't see the bakwa at all. <laughs> so for close to like like close to half an hour, I didn't turn to the direction at all I was all day watching the TV. I didn't act like the you know, I smelled or saw anything. I think
1: Deng is a halal version of that, right? Yes, yeah, it is. But
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. you know, I, I, it would sound like I think I'm promo- promoting pork, but then yeah, 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 there is thing. <laughs> yeah, there,
0: there, there is Deng, thing, But uh, the thing is, uh, it's it's never the. Most <laughs> yeah, it's never the same like, But we, we we pay we pay that uh in general all of us are get to taste. I guess perhaps only bakwa can provide in this dunya. So uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean uh,
2: Bismillah. I, they 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 will be. I, yeah, I, in fact, the halal foods are actually we have varieties of nice halal foods. Actually, uh, to be honest, if we only had tried all the varieties, maybe there can be one food which tastes is, is better than bakwa. It's just that we just limit ourselves to you know naslamanung to or whatever halal dish we have right now. So, maybe we might not know. So, maybe in the future we will find the right one which can actually uh, substitute Bakwa. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah.
1: Now, uh, can I actually, um, yeah, um, I actually wanted to ask you, Brother Shakir, um, since you kept it a secret from, since you kept your re- religion a secret from your family for so long, how did you actually um, have practiced Ramadan during this period?
2: okay uh, usually um it, it, my ramadans were very simple i will i'll do on okay i will just fast i'll wake up in the morning myself i just eat biscuits and then uh, my mom knew that i was fasting so my mom will try her level best to get up in the morning to actually prepare breakfast for me but i just don't want to disturb her because this is my belief i just don't want to like disturb her or something which she's not believing so I just want to handle it myself, so I'll try to like wake up quietly in the morning, try like, to eat biscuits. Uh, because I'm not a rice person, I don't eat rice in the morning, so I really have to like, find snacks in the morning to eat. And um, mm. yeah, and um, after that, uh, my day will be like as per normal. Uh, I remember there was uh, the initial days, there were a few times whereby I did a mistake by um, eating even till the last minute before the uh, Advan. Yeah. So I remember that there was once I was like, like gulping down Milo. You know that after drinking Milo, you will feel thirsty, right? So after mm-hmm. having my last gulp of Milo, and then I heard the Advan. And I swear SubhanAllah, I thought I would die out of day. Seriously. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. It may sound very silly, but then back then I was having that fear. Because I'm a person who 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 need to drink lots of water after drinking my room. So mm-hmm. yeah, this were the initial days, and then uh, slowly my mom uh, my mom uh, during my iftar she will try to like prepare something for me. And then uh, even then back then I didn't want to disturb her for my iftar, but then I also learned that a person who prepare meal for a person who had fasted had the same baraka as the faster so mm. i since i knew about that i actually tell my mom i like order my mom to prepare me iftar you see so alhamdulillah so over the years my iftar will always be prepared by my mom but i want her to get the same barakah which i allah may give me may bless me with mm-hmm. i want her to get the same barakah so um other than that uh tarawih was a big challenge for me Mm. because i didn't really know what was actually happening like tarawih was like a you know, forever thing for me because once you go there you'll be like you know doing your prayer non-stop for like two hours so i didn't really understand what was tarawih and how many rakas i should be praying and what is this extra rakas, three rakas uh, uh, so everything was very new to me and in fact my recitation was very slow because i was still at mm. stage so before i'm i'm finishing my al the, the uh imam is ready on the uh sujud so it was more like a uh, racing game for me uh, during tarawih. so i'll be the only one painting mm-hmm. in, in taraweeh actually so uh that was a challenge and uh but um other than that uh it was pretty much normal for me i i won't i won't say that it was a big uh, obstacle for me to like, you know, go across or anything.
0: So for like the converts who are t- tuning to this podcast, right, just a friendly tip, do not uh eat something that is very dry before right before your azan because uh, like what <laughs> <God Shakyat laughs> said it's gonna be terrible for the rest of the day. You know, I, I realized also something that you, I that I, I realized from your sharing. Actually converts have a learning curve uh, when it comes to fasting. Like the first time you fast yes. and the second time you fast and the third time you fast, I think there'll be three very different fasting experiences. Like, <laughs> actually, this is my, uh, I think, third year of fasting. La. So, uh, something that is different from this year and last year is actually I'm trying to reduce what I eat for sahur. La. So, uh, firstly, mm. uh, I don't eat that much food because uh, I'm not out, moving out and about nowadays, right? So, that's one fact. The other one is also, uh, if I eat more than I wouldn't feel as hungry, then I feel like uh, I'm less able to remember Allah with less, less hunger in in. in, uh, in you feeling less hunger lah. So uh this was like the change uh, from my first second to Ramadan. So like for converts they actually like like what you say you have to learn your tarawih from scratch. You have to learn your your Sahuru from stretch, right? So that there, there, there has to be a a learning curve. So one of those tips in between was uh was was just just don't eat something that's dry before your Sahul lah. But <laughs> it's a uh, Sunnah to delay your sahur uh, to close as close to Fajr as possible. Just a friendly tip, not halal haram thing it is just Don't eat something that is uh, very dry uh, of too sweet. And
2: and especially for the new converted brothers and sisters, please uh, replenish yourself with a lot of water. Okay? I think water is more important than food, if you ask me. So replenish yourself with a lot of water. And for your iftar, also eat light, not heavy. Because once you start eating heavy, you will have uh, this bloating feeling and then you will start uh, developing very discomfort on the stomach area and you can't concentrate on your prayer. So, it, it so uh, in fact, Ramadan is about simplicity. It's, it's not about, you know, you fast uh, during the daytime, like a, like a less fortunate person, but then in the night, you eat like a king. No, it, it's not about that. The whole month is about simplicity. So we, we, we control our nafs. So, I mean, you control our... our uh, we, have, uh, we have to master our self-control. So it's a month for us to practice that. Right? So uh, I would advise them to eat less regardless of your sahur or your, your iftar. I mean, unless, otherwise, if you're very hungry, then it's a different case. Uh. And then, if possible, okay. just keep your food intake to minimum. Like, uh, Brother uh, did said, the more hungry you are, the more you remember our like, I will end with that. I will admit to that. I think anyone who has uh, fasted uh experienced fasting will definitely uh, will agree to this. So, yeah.
0: It's like really the more hungry you are, you're like, okay, okay, I'm doing for Allah, I'm doing for Allah. Because there's no reason why you'll be fasting if Allah did not tell you to fast. So, exactly. uh, Imam Ghazali, a very, very uh, you know, prominent, renowned scholar, uh, mentioned in his kitab that uh, for those who fast and break, break their fast with uh, the two meals that they did not eat throughout the day, would actually uh, feed this beast that he caused hunger and make it even stronger. So, uh, when in the month of Ramadan, as you uh, mentioned, the spirit of it is taming the hunger. You're actually feeling it even stronger after your period of fasting. So, so, the next day, this beast called hunger, which is a stronger beast, would even, you know, come onto you even stronger. And then, it continues yeah. and you eat even more and more. And it just continues. And at the end of Ramadan, what you get is a stronger sense of hunger. And that's all you get, you know. And all the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions, you know, do not leave Ramadan with just hunger and thirst so that's really the gist mm. behind it and uh, actually we talking about learning curve right we, we, we learn how to uh, you know optimize our sahur and also learn how to pray tarawih right uh, I, I'm sure for for myself like, a lot of this knowledge and practices and small tips that I never knew right, came from my friends right so in the course of Ramadan did uh, all your Ramadans are actually did your friends play a big part in teaching you how to uh, you know learn sahur uh, how to learn how to fast properly and how, learn how your tarawih and your prayers properly
2: uh, uh, okay. Uh, like I said, uh, I kept the uh, the info quite low profile. I didn't tell my friends till I started. Uh, I think maybe maybe a year, maybe. So, uh, they were not really aware on what I was actually doing. Uh, so it was more like you know, a solo thing for me to actually like uh, experience. So anything, I'll just uh, maybe I'll ask one or two friends but I wouldn't like, uh, tell them that no, I'm, I'm going to ask or I'm going to do it. Like I said, uh, I do want that special attention to be shown on me by them just because I'm practicing Islam. So I'm not practicing Islam because I want this attention from them. So I kept it a low profile. And uh, it was It, it actually uh, it was a gradual uh, process. Uh, maybe this, my first Ramadan, I might have done something wrongly the whole month. I might not know, I might be thinking, okay, this is part of Ramadan. But then the following month, after observing someone, I, I, would, I would have understood that, okay, you know, I was doing this wrong all this while, so I need to correct myself. So it was a gradual process. I won't say that, you know, my first Ramadan, so I started you know, practicing everything right? correctly. Maybe even now, maybe till this Ramadan, I might be doing something wrong. So maybe for the next, inshallah, by Allah's will, I will gradually learn. So it's a, it's a process for my kids, actually. So there wasn't anyone to actually tell me to you know, do this way, practice it this way. But I had this brother, uh, whom I seek uh, Islamic uh, knowledge from. So uh, I only told him about me practicing Islam for some time. So uh, after I got comfortable with him, so after which I my questions whatever I had on Islam, I will like channel it towards him, and then he will uh, answer my questions.
0: So, uh, talking about this Ramadan, right, uh, I just want to ask if, uh, I- is it different for you given the circuit breaker, your Ramadan?
2: Uh, it's slightly different, it is slightly, Uh, mm-hmm. uh Tarawih is mainly affected actually, so um, that uh, aspect of it, yes, it's affecting, uh, but other than that, uh, it's uh, eye-opening Ramadan, I would say. I'm seeing the Higma part of this uh, entire CB, uh, mm. because uh, if if not for the CB, I think our uh, our focus will be ay because uh, you know uh, yes, of course we want to go to tarawih at the same time. There'll be one day, you know. Okay, well, why not we go to the gelanggang? Okay, why not we go to our baju, Why not that. So uh, this this circuit breaker actually uh, is the best circuit breaker because. Allah create an opportunity for us to spend it wisely and simply. Because Allah is someone who loves simplicity. So he gave us the opportunity to actually go through the Ramadan in a very simple way. Yes, of course we can't we can't pray uh, we can't pray tarawih, uh at the masjid. but then but then sorry sorry my mom just came to interrupt me. <laughs> so um, okay uh, but then um, we can still pray at home right? So we are still in our, our personal space to remember Allah, and, uh, and at the same time, like say we we have not much activities to actually do now.
1: Like, so we can like, even though. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I didn't
2: realize
1: that oh, Sorry, I didn't realize that you were talking. My thing was lagging. i fixed fix
2: Yeah. So. Uh, s- so currently, uh, as we, as I was saying, we can actually uh, you know spend our time more wisely by remembering Allah and reflecting on life. That's what I'm actually spending my uh, Ramadan like for this uh, Ramadan actually. So uh, uh, I, I'm actually more. I, I, I would rather be saying that I'm more happy about this Ramadan. because there's there's I can understand the Hikmah behind this, and I I tell you if mm. if this Ramadan, this Ramadan is, is a golden opportunity given to us. And after which I don't think so, we will be ever experiencing such a Ramadan. So uh, I'm very thankful to Allah for actually giving a situation for me to actually experience this Ramadan. And comparing it with my other other Ramadans, um, it's somewhat the same. I won't say it was drastic, somewhat the same, but I I can say that the other Ramadans, I had other options rather than Ibarra me being a human being, sometimes my desire will be on, okay, why not go to Dilak Magha, why not get to So, Alhamdulillah for that. And at the same time, uh, for, it's another opportunity which Allah gave our born Muslim brothers and sisters to experience our mm-hmm. new convert and brothers uh, Ramadan. This is how uh, usually the new convert brothers and sisters be experiencing their Ramadan, stay at home, wondering what to do, uh, learning things. <laughs> So Allah gave the entire scenario to the born Muslim brothers and sisters to experience. So in a way, uh it, it, you know, when, when you are in someone else's position, it's when you tend to understand them more. So Allah has given them the opportunity to actually understand what our common brothers and sisters are going through at this time. So yeah.
1: Uh yeah, I was saying that I definitely agree with that because um actually now that you mention it, you know, the fact that you say that now all born Muslims get to actually experience what, um, our convert brothers and sisters are facing. I actually didn't see it that way. but like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like wow, you know, like the solitude, learning, really learning on your own, and really going through this without like your normal companionship. But it's, it's even for me as a born Muslim, it's kind of hard because I'm very used to traditions such as you know having iftar with friends, going for taraweeh afterwards, uh, doing this and that, going for classes with people. You know, go, not not being able to go for my regular classes also feels like such a loss. And I I never thought about how this could be a reality for converts, uh, especially those who live in families where they may not be accepting. So if they even wanted to go for classes or go for Daraway on a normal day, they would feel, you know, they would feel scared to do so because they are worried that their families would actually question them about it and then actually stop them from doing so. So Mm -hmm. I guess this Ramadan really is really a very big blessing for everyone and it's really a good time for us to really think about all the barakah that we've received previously and the barakah that we are receiving now
0: Mashallah, and actually adding on to both your points right uh, we've actually seen a trend uh, The trend that we, we we didn't see we didn't expect actually when we started this series actually we've been uh, the, the previous few guests we've been uh, interviewing uh brother Ali, Brother Amresh uh, and yourself and also Sister Alina. They're actually like kind of older converts. Uh you yourself you've you've taken a Shahada for, for like close to ten years, nine years already. Brother Ali long long time, twelve years and uh, Amresh as well he's, he's been learning Islam for a very long time. Actually uh we actually started out this series with a uh, thought that okay our uh, converts in general will, will, will find a issue in Ramadan because of the solitude and and, and hence we wanted mm. to aid this situation right but we actually uh see that older converts have a very different outlook on this situation whereas uh, newer converts might that that we've personally uh, uh, talked to and had interactions with they are finding a lot of difficulty in this Ramadan because of them having to learn a lot of things and they they don't have companionships. You, know, you, you, you you actually tune it up, you bring it a few years into the future, right? We are talking to older converts now with you uh, Brother Shakir. You guys are seeing Ramadan as such a like beautiful opportunity and and, and that you mentioned Ramad- Ramadan will never be the same again, which I totally agree. lah. like if you look at the macro uh, conditions that are happening right now, uh, Ramadan will never be the same because uh, this year we are we are hitting, we are we are being hit hard by coronavirus. And because of that, we are, we are, our economy is, is slowing down, everything is closing, businesses are failing, you're heading towards another economic downturn. Imagine if this was a Ramadan without a circuit breaker. Then one day you're going to the bazaar, one day you're getting your, your Hari Raya baju, the other day you're you so concerned your business, the other day you're looking at the stock market. Where, where will we have time to focus this Ramadan at all on Ramadan itself? Everyone is so uh is going to be so caught up in their wealth and 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 the stock market is crashing and everything and and now Allah says yes this is gonna happen but let let's give like this Singapore Ummah a circuit breaker let's let's let them stay at home so that at least yes you have these same things to worry about but you have more time at home so that you don't have to spend your time traveling you don't have to spend your time you know eating with uh your colleagues you know you spend your time your lunch time uh you know not at lunch with colleagues not eating but rather why not sit down and read the Quran. You have, have the same time, same problems, but this circuit breaker would be a blessing instead. So Ramadan is, will never be the same. I believe it will never ever be the same. No no possible, I don't think it will be likely where it will be Ramadan and, and another economical downturn, another virus, another circuit breaker. And so like for those converts who are listening, right, it, it's true that uh, your struggles are extremely valid where you, you feel very lonely, but just hang on because as you can see, the previous people previous few guests we have interviewed, they all see this Ramadan as such a beautiful blessing. You know, yes, there are, are, are disadvantages, but, uh, you know, overall, it's such a good situation. So, perhaps, uh, we, we hope that you can see from the perspectives of these uh, older converts and perhaps look forward to the day and, and, and start seeking knowledge towards the mindset that, that they have right now. You know, perhaps there are some things that you, you uh, converts have to understand first before seeing the, the benefits of uh, solitude. Yeah. So thank you so much for, for sharing uh about that lah. you know. Uh exactly. I, I really really appreciate it. I learned a lot from, from this 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 session as well. Okay,
1: Brother Shakir, do you have any last words for uh for
2: us? Um Okay, um Okay, for the new convert brothers and sisters. Uh we totally understand where you are coming from. Uh never get disheartened. Never give up hope in Allah's mercy. Okay, you have the best support. Uh So don't feel lonely at all, because when the moment you feel lonely, it's Satan's way to manipulate your mindset. So don't ever feel lonely, always remember, even if you have no supporters physically around you, there's always spiritual support on you, always. So remember that you are special, because not everyone will get a chance to embrace Islam. And if Allah has brought you to Islam, means he didn't do it for fun, he didn't do it for any worthless purpose. There is a big uh, hikmah behind it as in wisdom behind it so be patient and islam is a gradual process so you, you cannot be like today convert and then the next day you know everything about islam it's a slow process so take things slowly Don't relation to things and always seek the original source and um, reconfirm that what you're learning is authentic and um and most importantly be be very good towards your parents it's one important thing your parents can be against your belief but at the same time you as a muslim have to shower them with your respect and kindness so you are you are the ambassador of islam now so you need to show the right and correct uh, path of islam and teaching of islam to them so hold your patience and everything will be alhamdulillah inshallah will
0: be good for you thank you so much brother we 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 are extremely honored and blessed to have your presence on the show today we you so so many unexpected lessons that that, that we've learned uh, i i believe myself and mira have learned and uh, thank you so much for the nasiha that you have for converts so uh we, we would like to end this session actually by by, by just making some dua for converts or so anyone out there who is struggling in their faith and to maintain uh you know, steadfastness in Ramadan. We, we, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides us towards goodness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us uh opportunities to seek his deen out during this Ramadan, you know. Uh, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the remembrance of him and his Prophet sallallahu to be light on our yeah. tongues. Yeah. And, and that he blesses our time, he blesses our meals, and he allows us to f- fulfill as many sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu sallam as, as yeah. possible in this blessed month.
2: Ameen, ameen, ameen.
0: Ameen. With this, we would like to conclude this a- uh, episode. And uh, just before we uh, conclude, we just like to let uh, those who are listening out there uh, know that uh, we we are still open very much open to receiving questions or or any uh, comments that you might have and addressing uh, certain issues that we will have on our uh, instagram page so if you have anything that you'd like to share or communicate with us please head down to our instagram page and just drop us uh, a, a text it can be anything it really can be anything we would just like to help so with this, uh thank you so much, Mira, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Brother Shakir, for sharing so many insightful uh, experiences and and so many lessons that you've, that you've done. I'm I'm pretty sure that we all all of us here have so much to benefit from today's session. So let's thank end the session that. with uh tasbih kafara and uh, surah al-As. bihamdika ilaha anta ان الانسان الا الذين Thank you so much for tuning to Converse central Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.
2: Wa, alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa
0: barakatuh Wa